This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Like, say I want to see what you're doing and who you're hanging with, and you're not posting about it on your story. I can just stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You do that? No, I don't do that. I use Apple Cash. It's built into your iPhone. Easy and secure. You can send and receive money right in messages and keep it between friends. And then use that money to buy something at a store with Apple Pay. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Maybe. Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we have a listener mail episode for you. Some really fantastic ones that we're excited yes. to share. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time to send these things because um, we love them and we really yes. appreciate it. <laughs> yes, we do. And we're going to start off with Jennifer uh, because I feel like she hears my heart with this email. Uh-huh. I really do. She wrote, in your episode about story game apps, you explored the gender options, I think. As usual, great episode and points. Thank you very much. My experience with a certain type of those games is maybe tangential, but it left a lasting impression. LOL. I thought I'd share. I never did download any of these, but I remember the advertising bliss for, for sure. I was playing a lot of Word Blitz, a Boggle-style game, and about the only game on Facebook I played. Years ago, I was addicted to Candy Crush and the one where you're on a zoo and collect animals. I don't remember this one. (laughs) Uh, She continues on. I play Animal Crossing 2 currently. Maybe it's a kid's game. I don't know. It's cute. It's not a kid's game. It's not a kid's game. It's sold out real quick. (laughs) And she says, I like it. I'm 44. Right here with you. Right here with you, Jennifer. Mm -hmm. So she continues. It was probably 2022, though the year is kind of fuzzy. And every ad that came up was one of those choose-your-own-adventure-style things with a woman in a ridiculous, somewhat misogynistic crisis over the one where there's a guy and his wife and he wants to cross a river or there's pipe filling up with water and you have to close the valves to make water flow instead of green gunk or the kitchen one where stuff is breaking and you have three options like wrench, fire extinguisher, water hose, choosing the wrong order, maybe burns everything down. And in the ads, they never take you through the best path, of course. I get it. Yeah. That's just part of the reason it gets me. I'm like, is it that hard? Is it this hard? (laughs) Anyway, Uh continuing on. Even I get the impulse to just download it already to do the better outcome and help those pitiful characters. Yes. 
It's kind of frustrating to watch and some more misogynistic, but I'm definitely not here to judge anyone who enjoys them, liking and enjoying things is complicated, and we like what we like. Agreed. Also, no hate for the story games. I love to choose your own adventure books as a kid and the similar Commodore 64 game, Pirate Adventure, where the prompt was always, what do you want to do now? And you say, go window or pick a bottle. And you'd go on a wild adventure hunting for treasure, which was sort of along these lines, yes. The genre I wanted to ask if you'd seen or ha- or was in fact that what you were talking about was the ones where the rather generic names I've been having trouble Googling and I haven't seen this as in a while, uh, like I just imagined it. They're usually called choose your story or makeover or story, just sort of not very descriptive words that don't bring up the images so I can ask others about it. You may uh, mention one of them, but yours for sure sounded different or better than the ones I'd seen advertised. I did find a few with similar graphics to what I remember and attached screenshots. It's always the woman in some distress because she, by her facial expression, thinks she looks ugly and needs to fix it to please a man or to go somewhere fancy. The sequences they take you through while interrupting my word game were always horrendous. I'm willing to concede that they might not all be like this. Uh, that is just advertising tactics. Uh, she's got hairy legs and armpits. Uh, there's a big green cloud around her. I guess to say she stinks. She's wearing tattered clothing. Her hair's a rug, etc. It tells you your boyfriend is coming. You have to be ready. You're given three options like a razor, soap, and something else. The simulation chooses razor and it shaves a reverse mohawk down the middle of her head and she cries. So the slick suited up guy pulls up in the sports car looks disgusted at her and drives away leaving her in tears then you are invited to download lol i get that marketing ploy you can do better for her it's tempting but the barrage of similar games marketed at a time we were inside a lot and i was asking myself a lot of things for instance who am i shaving my legs for me or the patriarchy just left a bad taste in my mouth at the time i think i see so few references to it that a reference to these games on twitter recently really caught my eye Maybe there's an article in the thread too, but I feel like there should have been more chatter about the possible misogyny. I don't know. Maybe no one else was hitting the word blitz games as much as I was during the pandemic. I don't know. Only my husband among people I know understood the reference, but now because of that Twitter screenshot of the game where the options for the woman are fix a window or get more bald, my husband and I just yelled, more bald, when all the chances to something we have to decide all suck equally badly. Yes. So... Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, Jennifer, because I did get this makeover game and I deleted it because it was obnoxious, but it's like match three games and then after you build up enough stars or points or whatever, whatnot, you can do a makeover. The one you're talking about has changed their recent tactics because before, when I downloaded it, it was literally like, we need to fix up this shop. She needs to sell to the customers. Let's get her ready. And I was like, what is this? And it was always the, I'm burning down the kitchen. And I was like, no, it can't be that hard. They got me. Mm -hmm. They got me. (laughs) But these have gotten worse where they are, yes, they're always thinking you always choose the wrong outfits. And it's always because the husband left you for another woman who is so much hotter. Oh, my uh, gosh. And he literally pushes you aside. It is awful. There's another game that I haven't seen. I haven't played it, but it, like it's similar to this where uh, apparently in order for this dude to get his fortune, he has to marry ugly girl, quote-unquote. And it's literally, she has facial hair and stinks. And so you can't fix that. There's no way to fix that. And by the way, why do we need to fix that for any of this? And what is the (laughs) scenario in general? And he's like, oh, you're so ugly, I have to leave you. He actually says that in the ad. Wow. There's a lot. And yes, as in fact, the Lily's Garden I told you about that I loved Mm -hmm. for a minute 
and I mm-hmm. think Jennifer might understand, they used that tactic for a second. And I was like, wait, what? Where the main <laughs> character who is with this dude leaves her for his, uh, for the neighbor, which is not a scenario in the game whatsoever. It never comes wow. up. That's never been a thing. So these, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely had talked about, uh, Jennifer, previously, how these ads are doing something new by doing literally like a clickbaity story plot yeah. that has nothing to do with the game. And this is similar right. to that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I would love to come back and talk about this more in depth. Uh, because when I was reading this message, I was like, what? <laughs> she stinks and she <laughs> has to shave her legs and this is the game? What? Yes. It is so bad because one of them is like, if you shave, if you pick the wrong thing to shave her with, yeah, you shave your head. And I'm like, what? And I'm going to say it's a little racist. I'm putting that out there because a lot of the times women have long dreaded hair, but it's supposed to, you know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be dirty, quote unquote. Mm. And I'm like, "Mm, this Mm -hmm. feels some white nonsense. This feels like some white nonsense right here. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for bringing this. I I never, Samantha clearly has, but you and I need to talk. (laughs) I think you guys are on the the same wavelength, (laughs) but I would love to come back and talk about this. That's interesting. Kate wrote, A few years back, I heard the advice of saying, I'm fine versus it's fine, as by saying, it's fine, you are dismissing the trauma as not important uh, and okay. The change of language to, I'm fine, shifts the narrative to you being okay without undermining the trauma you've experienced. It really helps me shift my thinking. As women are taught to underplay their trauma and make everyone else comfortable, even at their own detriment, this language shift has also helped me stop this people-pleasing. I've emailed you a couple of times before, one about poo and another about horror movies, as I love them, the movies, not the poo. I have a ticket to see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and a Welsh horror movie called Feast. I'm also going to a British horror film festival called Fright Fest, which is this weekend. Well, that sounds great. That all sounds fun. What is this? I'm assuming it's in Britain, but I don't Let's know. Go. I could be wrong. I guess I just assumed. Uh, but this was in response to something I said in the happy hour where I thought my dad, my the ghost of my dad was haunting me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where I was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, so this is this is good advice because essentially that's what I meant. It's, I'm fine. It's all right. I say it in that way that indicates I'm not, but <laughs> I mostly am, I promise. As she says it flippantly. <laughs> yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that message. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. 
Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Helena wrote, I wanted to send another raving fan letter on your recent episode of Women and Student Debt. It spoke so much to me. I'm a bit closer to Annie in age, so my collection of student debt started a while ago. When I graduated in 2005, I was only $17,000 away from four years at a private institution. What made my debt bloom was that I had to go back for a master's degree not once but twice. I wound up with nearly $80,000. I finished the first one in 2008, right before the economic crash, and when that happened, I couldn't find work at all. I couldn't even get a part-time retail gig because they would look at my education and say, oh, you're not going to stick around. So I couldn't find employment to even make payments. When I finished the second master's in 2014, it still took two full years to find a job in my field. The really awful part with that is that the job I did eventually get was only part-time at the time I was hired and took three years before I became a full-time employee and only paid me at a rate that reflected the bachelor's degree, not two masters. Of course, it's still more money than I've ever made in my life, but I can't live by myself and I couldn't start saving for retirement until I was 35. My only shining light in this has been that all of my debt has been in federal loans. So I have definitely been able to enjoy the pay-as-you-earn and the working in a field that qualifies for the loan forgiveness program, if that will even exist after I've made 120 payments. It's frustrating to realize that I have carried this debt since I was 22, but I couldn't even start to make payments until I was 35. And it's supposed to be forgiven after 10 years of consistent payments, maybe. I've definitely taken advantage of the break offered by the pandemic pause. However, if I had ever refinanced my loans for a lower interest rate, they would have become private loans and I would have had to still make payments. Two other things that have happened during this pause that have driven me absolutely crazy, one of which is the sheer level of uncertainty and misinformation I've been getting from the company that owns my loans, a Fed loan in this case. I called three different times at different points during this pause and received different answers as to what was being covered in the pause. One person told me that the pause would pause the interest rate, the payment itself wouldn't be collected, but that it would still count toward the loan forgiveness program in terms of payment. So they suggested that the months where I was paused and not making a payment would still be counted at the end toward my loan. This doesn't make sense, but this is what I was told. My loan was also sold during this pause, and I've heard almost nothing from the new lender. I still don't know what is going on with it. Mostly, I'm using the pause to be able to save money and even look into getting a car and starting up a college savings program for my niece. Once this whole thing ends, I don't know what I'm going to do. So thank you so much for covering this topic. I work in higher education and really wonder about the damage that's being done to young people, especially women of color, when it comes to loans. I'm even more concerned about the graduate education because really once you get past that bachelor's, there's very little in terms of postgraduate funding other than loans. 
it's a vicious cycle. Right. Um, and I'm right with you, Eleanor. Like I did the same. My loan was exactly the same as yours, where it came from Fed loans. It got sold. I don't know what is happening. It just mm-hmm. went away. It just went away for like a year. And I was like, where do I even access this? How did this go? And of course, the Fed loan is a conversation about how the fact that they could not make a deal with the federal government, so therefore they decided to just distribute all of the co- uh, the different loans out, which happens a lot, which I'm finding out with my house uh, payments yeah. as it's been sold three times already, and I've only had it for three months, y'all. Mm-hmm. Three months. <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense. I don't quite understand it. I got panicked moments because I was like, wait, did the... They said that there was no interest, but wait, are they saying there's no interest right now or have they been counting the interest where much like with all the stuff that was happening with rentals, they were like, you can't penalize renters, they can't pay it, blah, blah, blah. But when it came back, they suddenly had an interest rates that said, oh, but we were keeping tabs of it and this is how much you owe in interest um, and then backtracking it. So there's no promise that that's not going to happen. As we know, there is some forgiveness happening, but it seems minimal in comparison to who is helping. This is where we were talking about this is structural racism because it's only really helps people of uh, higher status anyway, because when we see the people who take out that amount of loans, 10 to 20,000, is most likely going to be in the uh, white community, Asian communities actually too. So it's very obvious that it's not helping people of color. It's not helping everyone. It's helping a certain amount of people. Of course, something is better than nothing. I get that as one of those who are like, okay, well, at least I get it, I guess, to a certain extent that does talk about that bigger conversation. And then, yeah, graduate programs are expensive. Yeah. Expensive. And if you're in a yeah. work field like teaching or social work, it's not. It's almost not worth it, but you have to have it because your degree seems so uh, without the, the master's level. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought up this point in this, this letter because um, I had a friend once who told me like, Essentially, she was going to stop short of getting her master's because she knew she wouldn't be able to find as many jobs because people didn't want to pay for her having the master's, but she still needed the experience. Right. Which I was like, that's that's ridiculous. It's shady. <laughs> this whole process is shady for sure. And mm-hmm. fields like that that are specialized by marginalized communities do require mm-hmm. it more so than others. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yes. Y'all. We'll come back yes. to it. Mm-hmm. But moving on, uh, Maureen wrote, I was so excited to see your episode on Rogue One in my feed. That's my favorite Star Wars movie and one of my two current fandoms that I write fanfic for. Samantha will be happy to know that Everybody Lives, Nobody Dies is the most popular tag for the fandom. And in fact, Rogue One is the third highest fandom with a tag on AO3. I I do appreciate this. Thank you. That's great. (laughs) Basically, everyone finished the movie and went, so the last 10 minutes didn't happen, right? Right. Agreed. Everyone also went, Chirut and uh, Bays are totally married, which I love that too. Anyway, mm-hmm. I enjoyed hearing your thoughts, especially Samantha screaming. I don't. I, are we frenemies? <laughs> Is that what's happening with Marie? Are we frenemies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> love the show and keep it up. Yes. Well, I do appreciate that no one dies in the fanfic. Thank you for that. But I feel yes. like this could be the beginning of a frenemy situation. I love that it's the third highest <laughs> fandom with that tag. That, I mean, that makes sense. I, I wanted to include this one. I, I, we mentioned it before in past episodes because people did get a kick out of you, your suffering, Samantha. <laughs> still, uh, still not happy. <laughs> but Rogue One is in theater. It is back in theaters right now because the show Andor is coming out that is related. Uh, and it just broke a uh, record where it became, it is now in the top 10 all-time releases of IMAX movies. So. Hey, 
Hey. You know, you may not like it, but that's... I will not be there. <laughs> I, I immediately sent you a text <laughs> and was like, oh, you're going to be first in line, right? Silence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, um, thanks so much to all of the listeners who have written to us uh, in this message. Thank you for letting us read your letters and to everyone who has written us. And we love getting these messages. So... If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.